You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. football talk 2017 wyoming cowboys preview jeremy moss matt kennerly preview number two the fans have spoken even though my tweet was the mix-up this is not a western division team i, I was fully aware of that apparently so <laughs> so how's your night going oh you know it's going all right yeah that earlier i'm like oh we'll do west division and then yeah i left the tweet up i don't care i met I, I owned it unlike other people who don't own tweets right that's very true. So, this is our early preview, our second edition. So, clearly, this is not closer to the season. This is, if you're listening to this uh, shortly after we, we recorded, it's uh, right before June 1st. Or probably, it will be June 1st once you get this. If you're listening July, August, hopefully no major changes happen. Just because that would kind of suck to do this type of show. But, find a show everywhere. We're on uh, iTunes, Stitcher. We are everywhere you find your podcast. Put in our RSS feed. Find that. We are wherever you want to be. YouTube when I get around to it. I've been lazy on YouTube, but we'll see. But that's where you find the show. But are we ready to... We need a train whistle or something. I should have added a sound effect to this show. But it's the this is the Josh Allen show, Matt. Is that correct? Josh Allen, future number one quarterback to the... Uh, who's going to be number one? The Niners, I've heard like him. Would you like him on your Niners maybe next year? San Francisco? I mean, he's probably better than Brian Hoyer right now. He's definitely better than Matt Barkley. <laughs> so I think on the whole, I would say if it came down to that, you know, assuming that he takes another step forward, we'll get more into that in a minute. Then, you know, 
short short answer would be yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah, he. We'll see. We'll we'll talk about Josh Allen. We'll talk about a lot of things. We will get to like our other previews and all the ones you've been listening to. Who knows what order you're tuning in? But talk about the offense. Talk about the defense, and then our precise schedule breakdown of a win loss record and. At this point, uh, the odds may change. We have some opening lines on a couple of these games, at least two of these games, I believe. So, so if we're sticking with offense, we just start with uh, Mr. Josh Allen, who's, uh, according to Athlon and probably others, only the second-team quarterback going into this Yeah, and if you've already listened to our Boise State podcast, you know that, at least for me personally, I'm kind of okay with that. Just because, you know, in the same way that that we've talked about good Brett Rippon and bad Brett Rippon in the past, you know, there were times last year where, you know, good Josh Allen was really good and bad Josh Allen basically played the Cowboys out of the game, you know, and you really don't have to go much farther than, for instance, the the third and fourth quarter in the Nebraska game, for instance, or, you know, some of the plays that he made in the Eastern Michigan game or, you know, especially late in the year where they didn't really... You know, he struggled a little bit against San Diego State at times. It took him a little bit of time to get warmed up in the championship game. But I don't think there's any question that, you know, with the people that they have to replace on offense, they're only going to go as far, I think, as he, his right arm can take them. Or his left and right legs, because he's going to be a... Because Craig Bull did say he's a Brett Favre-like quarterback. That's true. Which... Hey, not talent, maybe, maybe not. Probably leaning toward not at the moment, but he rolls out. He, one of the errors he made was in that title game where I think it was third and ten. He got nine yards and then fumbled in his own territory and gave it up to the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. So he'll do those type of plays. He will force things. Like if you look at a, the video I made about Josh Allen a few months ago or if you watched the final drive against BYU, that last throw, there's different angles. I couldn't find the best one, but if you go frame by frame, he goes for the touchdown for the for the clincher but there is a tight end along the right sideline that could have had a big gain first down maybe touchdown and another player underneath a little bit where he had players open he wants to go for the big play which clearly at that point bit him but sometimes it works but there's a lot to replace like chase Roulet is gone he's with the redskins you lose brian hill to the nfl they lose tanner gentry who's with the bears right now as an undrafted rookie got a three-year contract we'll see who steps up but he Sticking with Allen, there's besides him being more careful, he has to complete more than 58% of his passes. Needs, or whatever, was he 56, 58, somewhere in that range? He needs to get above 60% to get the hype of him being the top five pick next year. Yeah, he ended up finishing at 56% as a whole on the year. And, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think if you're going to prove, especially for those of the people out there, the anonymous scouts and the pundits and whatever who are saying that he is the number one pick in next year's draft, you know, one of the things that if you were thinking about his future at the pro level is a, kind of an indicator as to whether he's going to make it or not. Completion percentage is one of those big things. But, you know, more than that, and I think we've alluded to it already, is he just really has to take better care of the football. Because, you know, if you look at some of the split stats, for instance, on the whole, he was significantly better in the first half of games than in the second half of games. He threw 15 interceptions on the season, and 12 of them came after halftime. And that's just not the kind of thing that's going to get it done, especially since, you know, 
I, I'm, I think we're going to come back to this week after week in some more of these previews, especially with the Mountain Division teams. This division's there for the taking for four or five different teams, and he's going to have to be more careful if Wyoming wants to have a chance. Yeah, the, like there's some de- like Utah State's defense should be better. Uh, they play at Iowa, who has a pr- should be Big Ten team, some good talent there. Boise State's defense is going to be fine. Rams' defense could be the best in the conference. Um, Fresno has a they have a maybe a couple guys defensive backfield. San Jose always has a cornerback which that's good. So there's aspects of these defenses that can cause them trouble, and he just. He's got. He's you. Have to, basically, he has to be better. There's a reason he's not named the first team guy by Athlon, and I'm betting it'll be Rippin. He'll be the first team QB for Media Days and every, Phil Still, ESPN, every other publication. It is deserved before it's college numbers, but we'll see. Let's let's play this quick game. Do you want to put it over under and how many um, per broadcast there'll be a Carson Wentz, um, Craig Bull trifecta comparing to Josh Allen? Sure. What number are you thinking of? Per game, I'm going to say, here's the games. Okay, I'll do this. Iowa will be the most uh, the, the most amount of any of these okay. because it's a non-conference game. You're playing mm. a Big Ten team. And I don't think that game has been announced for television yet. There's a bunch already announced, but I don't think that was one of the ones. I'm going to say that one will be up there, as will probably Boise State because you have Rippon and Allen. But I would say per game, I could consider easily say two to three per game. Ah oh, man, if that—I mean, if that's where the over/under is, I feel like I would have to say slightly over. Okay, I was gonna think you say under, and I was gonna say maybe one and a half, but I at least two times a game. I'm thinking in nearly every game in that Iowa game, I could see maybe four. That's fair. It's it's the, the only reason it's going to be compared. It, there's some valid ones and not so valid ones. His height and size, and he grew quite a bit the amount of weight and a couple inches after JUCO in high school. But then also Carson Wentz did the same thing, and then Craig Bull recruited and coached Wentz for a couple of years. So, what's the week you'll get annoyed by it and say shut up with all this talk? Well, I can always hit the mute button if that time comes. That, that's probably your best bet, folks. So, where will what's that? Will Allen improve though? Because it's like you mentioned before, it depends who is there, or who's going to step up. Because Brian Hill's gone, like I said, lose all this talent. He does have C.J. Johnson back, which is a pretty big deal. He'll be their top receiver. He's already a solid one last year. And then they also have um, – who else do they have that's pretty good? Uh, Josh uh, – the tight end, Josh Harshman. Is that who it was last year? Uh, or no, he's gone too. The tight end from last year is gone as well. I apologize. So it's just C.J. Johnson and a bunch of new guys, a bunch of no-namers. I don't know if I would call them no-namers, but to answer your original question, I think the answer is almost undisputably yes – the bigger question is by how much, because I feel like if he if he is more or less the same quarterback next year that he was this past year, I think Wyoming is probably more likely to finish third or fourth in the division than they are to challenge for the division title again. You know, if he can take that leap forward with his physical tools, which I don't think without a doubt are the best in the conference. You know, if he can leapfrog Brett Rippon's production this year, I think that that makes Wyoming a very dangerous team that could challenge double-digit wins. The reality, at least as far as I see it right now, is probably somewhere in between, just because, like you said, you know, they have talent coming back, 
and it's going to be interesting to see who steps up but they have a lot of production to replace at key positions like you said like you know tanner gentry and like uh i lost my train of thought what i was going to say is that jake mulhart yeah and mulhart too but gentry in particular simply because you know last year nobody in the conference no receiver in the conference rather had more 20 yard catches than gentry did and Wyoming really thrived on their ability to pound the football with Hill and then take shots deep with both Mallhart and Gentry. And so while C.J. Johnson had a really good championship game against San Diego State last year, it's probably going to be on him to be the guy now. And while he and James Price are both listed as being physically similar guys, they're both listed at about 6'2 and 200 pounds, they both had reps, they both have the promise I think but it's going to be interesting to see whether they can equal the production that left that'll be yeah there's a because Gentry nearly averaged 20 yards per mm-hmm. catch not even 20 or he he was just ridiculous he had 132 targets 1300 yards 14 TDs they lose him Jacob Hollister who I was thinking of I thought he's back those three guys, him and Maldhart, all three of those combined for basically all but three touchdowns. Or they did. 25 touchdowns in the passing game. There's three left, and those were to uh, C.J. Johnson, which I kind of thought he'd have more than that. But sticking – so I, it'll be him. I don't know who else step up. You have, like I said, Harshman, who played a little bit last year. You have, like I said, Conway. But running back could be even a bigger glaring hole because I know you're looking at the same numbers here, but – their starter, projected starter, is uh, Milo Hall, who's going to be a sophomore, had zero carries last year. He's their projected starter right now. The leading rusher outside of Josh Allen is wide receiver Austin Conway with 110 yards. Kellen Overstreet didn't play last year, and he had 84 yards the year before. Their running game, it's going to be somebody brand new, and that was the reason Gentry got downfield, because this is kind of like Air Force a little bit. They Suck you, in, suck you in with the run and then beat you over the top in, with the passing game. And so they're going to need somebody, if it is, as it is right now at the end of spring, Milo Hall, who, decent recruiting numbers, he was um, the high, second highest recruit after Oval Street, like when you go through the composite ratings, but it's a huge question mark, and it's replacing a guy who got drafted in the NFL and your backup had played zero snaps last year. Now see, I'm a little surprised that you're more concerned about the running backs and the receivers. Because at least as far as how I see it, they'll probably be fine, mostly because it won't be one guy having to replace all of Brian Hill's production. Because, you know, Milo Hall didn't get any didn't get to see the field at all last year, but you know, he's a three-star recruit. And Kellen Overstreet was also a three-star recruit who as a freshman in 2015, did average over five yards a carry in limited action. And, you know, even behind them, you know, Sean Wick is still listed on the roster. Is that Wait, I th- right? Or did, that I thought he graduated. Right. He is, he's on the depth chart. That's interesting. Wait, is it W-I-C-K, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still listed on the Wyoming roster on the website. I thought he had graduated. Huh. I pull up the depth chart. No, he's gone because on Bill C's preview as well, he's he's listed as last the numbers from last year, but not there. Now okay, he's gone, so, so maybe so, not updated. I guess. So then, accepting Wick, you still have three guys in Evans, Hall, and Overstreet. Who, I mean, 
Brian Hill ran for, what, 1,800 yards last year? Can those three guys combine for 2,000 yards? I don't see why not, because I think that that's what this offense is going to demand. You know, the, well, look what Allen did. He had over 700, so maybe you're right there, that, that he could help out with that too. Yeah, and even if Allen isn't as prolific a rusher, you know, I just see it as a situation where Wyoming isn't going to be just relying on one guy. It may be more... I'm trying to think of, a, of an, an analog, and I think the closest thing I can think of is what you saw at UNLV last year, where you know Lexington Thomas was kind of the guy for a little bit, but Charles Williams was able to break into the rotation and make some plays of his own. And it wouldn't surprise me if you were seeing you know two of those three guys, I don't know who it will end up being once the season rolls around, but if two of those guys can go off for seven or 800 yards at five yards carry, I think Greg Bull is going to be more than happy with that kind of production. Of course. I just, I think you're, you're optimistic, which is great and everything, but maybe it'll work, but they start off, we'll get to the schedule, but week one versus Iowa, which should be a pretty good test for them. These guys, my, I've concerned you bring in guys who's never played before or played very, very, very minimal snaps. That's, I just don't see it being that good early on. That's why I said in weeks and prior shows we've done one of my kind of dumb picks or ups, what a stupid upset, stupid upset picks we do is them to not make a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And they lose basically all of their offensive talent from last year outside of Josh Allen. I don't care how good he is. If you have guys who don't have chemistry, can't catch the ball, not saying these guys aren't talented, but you have a whole new slate of guys. And it's going to take time to get together. I just, you would think with what Craig Bull's done, and he has a track record at North Dakota State, but this is the first time. And they also, one thing to consider, too, which could be leaning towards you saying they'll be fine, these are mostly his guys. Brian Hill is already on the roster before, but these guys he brought in outside of Over- Overstreet were recruits he brought in himself. And so maybe they're more of who he wants to be there. I just, I'm just not as confident, confident as you saying, oh, they'll be fine, and, and they'll have three backs who go for 1,500 yards plus Allen with another 500. Well, I, it, it'll be tough for me to say, yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, I think it helps, too, that even though they're having to replace a lot of skill, uh, skill position production, that they have one of the more experienced offensive lines in the conference as well because they've got you know three or four guys who started at least seven games last year. You know, they have, you know, Gavin Rush, even though he was a sophomore, I believe he started all 14 games at left guard last year and did just fine. He's going to be replacing yeah. And Three guys with 14 starts last year returning. So that's a big deal. That'll be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, if that line can stay healthy, I think that that'll be a huge benefit to them because, you know, they have a couple of guys further down the depth chart who, you know, maybe question marks if they're forced into action too much. You know, they have a couple of sophomores and retro freshmen you know listed at um at two on the two deep but all in all i feel like after really looking at the situation i feel a little better about it i think on offense than i did you know in weeks or months past i sort of do now see look their number their starting five on the offensive line should be fine looks like even though like the really is with the skins but they bring back 50 starts or over 50 starts combined. And that's helpful. So if you have, because it's like two rules of thought with offensive line and running back, you, a great offensive line can make an okay running back look really good. 
or a bad offensive line, can, if you have a good running back, and just make them look good as well for either way. But in this case, with this offensive line back, without the lack of experience, it could make those guys who probably aren't going to be as good as Brian Hill, I think that's safe to say, at least for six weeks of the season. Maybe even farther further down the road on that. But if this offensive line is that good, injuries, like you said, a big deal because their starting five is good. Back up too deep is questionable with lack of experience. This could ease in those guys, and maybe I should be a bit more confident when they have that many starts back. And that's a big deal where if you're a team, if you can block well, well up front, your running back should, can get 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards with those big gaping holes who they're going up against. So I will change from saying the offense will not be good for skill positions to being they have a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, and I think, it, like, like I said, I think it also makes a difference that what they do on offense is not necessarily exotic. You know, they're not like Nevada trying to run the air raid or run a spread offense or anything like that. They're going to line up and they're going to try to punch you in the mouth a lot of the times. And I think a lot of it is going to come down to whether Josh Allen can just, you know, with the benefit of a year's worth of experience, slow the game down a little and just try not to do too much. Because if he can do that, they're going to be really dangerous week in and week out. Yeah, wait it out. Like with this line, if he has that protection, don't force it. Don't take off and running. And you're right, his offense is more of a – there's a reason he's considered a top five or top ten pick, as is Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. They all run essentially a pro-style offense. Mm-hmm. And that's what – that's what, like he said, it's not exotic. You're not running the pistol, not running five wide. Even though those routes aren't terribly difficult to know, because like Texas Tech or Mike Leach, it basically streaks down the field. A few guys may go down the middle a little bit once they go past 10 or 12 yards, or they do simple hooks or out patterns where other guys go deep. But the protection-wise, it's, like you said, it's just something where it's a typical offense where, yeah, the spread's the big deal, high school getting bigger and bigger, but... With it being a pro style, you're just pass blocking. Like I said, you just want to smash them up the middle. It's You'll have a tight end in there to block at times, maybe a H-back every now and then to help out as well. And I think with Allen, if the protection's there, and he, like I said, if he's relaxed and not forcing things, because Nebraska game, second half, he really wanted the victory. They were close there within, I think, two touchdowns. after In that fourth quarter, they just did too much. If he can just see the field. And he's working out with guys like with George Whitfield this offseason – Johnny Manziel is going to the um, the Matt Manning camp, stuff like that. So he's getting working out all these different types of quarterbacks to get experience in. All that will help, and I think I think you're right. I think I'm leaning more towards the offensive line if it's put together like it is and stays together. Offense could be fairly comparable to last year. Might not be the same level of one or two guys, especially running the ball. But I think I think they'll be fine. I th- yeah, I think they'll be fine. So nothing great, but they'll get the job done. Done, I am thinking. And one last thing with Allen, if if we're going to move on to the defense in a minute, one other thing that Cowboys fans will want to keep in mind, or at least want to hope for coming into 2017, is whether or not he could be better on the road last than he was last year. Because you know, if you look at the difference between what he did at home in Laramie versus what he did everywhere else, I feel there's a substantial difference. Like the the yards per attempt are about half a yard better at home than they were on the road. And his completion percentage was a few points higher at home than it was on the road. But the big difference to me, at home, at War Memorial Stadium, 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. On the road or on neutral site games, which included the bowl game against BYU, 8 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
that's a pretty big discrepancy there. So I think if he can improve at least a little bit in that regard, you know, their the road schedule, which we'll get to a little bit later, isn't that taxing. But I think that if once, especially once they get into conference play, you know, they're going to have a couple of tough road games where, you know, you're going to want to see Josh Allen having success early because that's he's like I said, he's going to be the key to whatever kind of offensive success that they have this year. And one note on what you mentioned there, one of those games was that what triple overtime game at UNLV. I think you threw a touchdown or two in those overtimes. That's true. So I needed extra time to get even to that, to that aspect. All right, defense. Let's move to offense. Defense, two years ago, I would talk to various radio stations and interviews that me on, on our podcast, write-ups, saying this defense was terrible, awful, young, particularly secondary. Even Andrew Wingard, yeah, freshman All-American, got burned a lot. Now they return, I believe, is it 9 of 11 starters back, correct? I'm not sure of the exact number. What I can tell you is that, you know, in the same way that we talked about it with Boise State as far as returning production, Wyoming ranks fourth in the FBS in defensive returning production. Not bad. So, yeah, they have literally everybody coming back almost. You know, they're losing a couple of linebackers like Mark Nziocha and Lucas Waka, obviously, but they've got a lot of experience. You know, some of that was driven by injuries last year, especially in the front seven. But this is a team that, you know, in a lot of respects, kind of had a trial by fire. They came through it. They won the division, you know, held tough in the conference championship game. Yeah. With injuries, too. Remember, like, Case Appleby, those guys were out with those injuries late in the year, too. Yeah. And like Allen, I feel like the question isn't whether they're going to improve. It's how much. Yeah, because they have Andrew Wingard's a legitimate defensive back, uh, All-American. And was was he, uh, or was that Weston Stillhammer, who was the third-team All-American last year? Uh, I believe. I think it was Stillhammer. I'm trying to remember. I know Wingard was a freshman All-American. Yeah. Okay, well, he's, he's going to be up there. They had Logan Wilson, who was a freshman of the year in the conference. Yeah, and they do return. They return eight starters. I'm looking at the Wyoming website. The losses include, like you said, Lucas Walker, honorable mention, um, DJ May, and uh, Chase Appleby. And May and Appleby didn't even play in the title games or injured. Yeah. And those are, it's still, those are still some pretty big losses out there. But, like I said, Logan Wilson, he's a stud last year. And part of the with the Wyoming defense, we need to definitely make people aware of not that they were lucky, but they had quite a few defensive touchdowns last year. Yeah. And that's very difficult to predict. And over on the Mountain West, they weren't very good in yards per game. Like, four, I know it's not the best stat, but like over 450 yards given up, a ton of passing yards given up as well. They were nearly 3,500 yards, which is huge, which is weird when you have guys like one guard. But when you're playing against Nick Stevens, against what UNLV did, um, Brett Rippon and and playing them versus Boise State, they will throw the ball. But there's enough talent where, yeah, they weren't great at times last year, but the steps they made from year one to year two and now year two to year three, they probably should be a top three defense, top four defense in the conference. I think if you're Craig Bull, that's kind of what you're hoping for, especially with the front four, because they may not, get the chance to be as opportunistic in creating turnovers off of interceptions like they were last year. But that front four could potentially be very scary 
because you know obviously losing Carl Granderson to the ACL injury last year was a big loss and you know but at the same time you know they had you know Kevin Prosser who had I'm trying to look up how many so he had led the team with 11 tackles per loss you know Johanna Guyfan came in and pitched in in the middle as a freshman he had three sacks and four and a half tackles for loss you know they've got I'm just going down the line. They've got a lot of talent in this front four. And I was reading some of the notebooks of, you know, the guys at the Wyoming newspapers, and there's guys that aren't even listed on the two deep that could make an impact this year. You know, Garrett Crawl has been talked up a little bit. You know, um, Nila Lolohea has been talked up a little bit. And those guys, you know, they have like three or four edge rushers who could pick up four or five sacks. And... You know, if you're looking for a reason to maybe knock down the better quarterbacks in this division, especially like Nick Stevens or Brett Rippon, I think you have to start with those guys. Yeah, they overall like this. I think they had. Cause I remember a couple like they touched something. They it's, they they had four different guys with two or more interceptions. Three guys with three, including Wilson. And Wingard was one of the guys that had two. And so there's those are just hard to predict with the pass breakups. And I know I'm sick of, we're switching sides a little bit from front to back of the defense, but like I said, there's so much talent returning. They're too deep, strong. They're start eight, like I said, eight starters are back. I guess the only thing is, um, don't give up too many yards. Like don't give up the big plays and don't give up all those yards. The UNLV game probably skewed things a little bit because in total defense, like I said, they were near the bottom in yards per game. Passing yards was by far the worst. They gave up, what over almost seven yards of play, but yet they won the division and nearly won the whole tight the conference by having because if you look at San Diego State's defense, four point seven yards per play, Wyoming six point six yards per play. Mm-hmm. That's almost two yards per play. That's ridiculous, and they're that good. And the Wyoming's offense was very I guess the offense took care of it, but if they can get to five yards of play, how much that's how many fewer points would that be? That'd be what, ten points less per game perhaps? Yeah, I mean, if, if they can stop them, they need to work on. If they can jump from below average in defending against the run, because they were tenth in the Mountain West last year, giving up about five point three yards per carry. If they could jump to the middle of the pack, which is right around you know four point six, four point seven, that in itself, I think, could be a really substantial gain for this defense, because you know they, we know that they have proven playmakers in the secondary. And if they can force teams into more passing situations, that sets up the guys in the back like Wingard and Marcus Apps. Yeah, for sure. And then looking at the same passing stuff, they were not quite middle of the pack. They were in yards per play. That's a pretty good stat. Eighth at 8.2. So they can get to, like, say, 7.5. And they were second in interceptions behind Aztecs, who had a ridiculous 26. ton of pass breakups. It's Their touchdowns were okay give it up nothing amazing but i think if they're it's like what i say if new mexico if they're just kind of average this they'll be pretty good and this will help i think as we mentioned the offense like they should be i think they'll be fine but i don't think it'll be as good as last year but the defense could be the star of this team with who they have back and i know they won't get the same touchdowns and pass breakups interceptions the pass defendants defended passes excuse me could always change but I think if they're going to be like win the contend for the conference, uh, win the division or something, I think it's going to be more the defense than the offense this year. 
Yeah, and I, and I think if there's any one question on this defense, it's probably at the linebacker position, isn't it? Oh, they have Logan Wilson they, back. He's they do good. have Logan Wilson, and they're moving him to middle linebacker, which I think is a very good move. He kind of played that last year anyways a lot, it seems Yeah, like. I think he was more on the weak side, was he not? I just remember him always in the middle of the field making a play, so that's why I kind of consider oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was everywhere. And, yeah, they do have Wilson coming back, which I think he's obviously a major asset. But they do have two guys next to him who didn't see much more than limited action last year. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot on their plate to kind of step up and replace the veterans at that position. Like Jalen Ortiz is a senior, so I'm assuming, you know, he obviously knows the system. He should be okay. It's going to be really interesting to watch the other guy, though, Cash Maliua, or Maluia, sorry. Because he's a sophomore. He didn't play much as a freshman last year. But he's atop the two deep right now. And, you know, even if he doesn't hang on to that spot, you know, the other guy he's competing with at the moment is another sophomore, Ben Wistorf. And it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out if they can find a guy they can rely on at that position because they're going to need those guys to kind of back up the front four. Yeah, they certainly do. And he, looking at kind of the stats from last year, they, he played a few games. Speaking of uh, Malia, he had. Well, he played in every game, but only had nine tackles. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't remember exactly what he's asked to do last year, but if you play in every game and that don't have that many tackles, that's a big deal. And they're losing 20%, almost, uh, what, 15, 18% of their total production in Maine Waka. There's got to be somebody who steps up to do that. Maybe it's um, maybe with uh, moving Wilson to the middle, because he had nearly the same amount of uh, numbers and tackles and assists and everything as... Uh, What's it, excuse me, Walker last year. And so it's got to be somebody. And I don't think, I think you'd also like to see, like, go skipping to the secondary again real quick. Wingard and Epps, um, I know you probably looked at this, but they combined for almost 200 tackles last year. Probably not what you want from your secondary to have the top two tacklers being a defensive back, or I mean, not even, not even a DB safeties, which kind of makes sense a little bit to help with the run, but maybe transfer about. 18% of those tackles to a linebacker because that means you're having big runs and which they had against last year and then big passes if you're asking them to step up to hey go be a, a safety blitz or be a, a fourth linebacker or a fifth linebacker to help out this running game and hope they don't pass over the top even though it's a second and four or something like that they just and I, I guess we, at this point I want to trust Craig Bull but I'm not probably to the level you are but with eight guys back, that linebacker in spot is the only spot to be concerned because outside of Appleby, they bring every lineman back, and then they lose two. They lose half the linebacking core, and so that's an issue. And depth will be concerned because they have what five guys who played at all last year, six guys, because they they're losing three guys who played last year anytime, and they're gonna rely on all these redshirt freshmen. They have two redshirt freshmen and three true freshmen probably won't play, but again, in this league, depth is an issue especially with recruiting, it's not as high as if you are at, at a bigger school or bigger conference. If one or two guys go down, you're, you could be screwed. See, what's interesting, especially about the secondary, is when you look at the, at the teams at the top of the Mountain West who forced a lot of turnovers through interceptions last year, like their ratio of pass breakups to inter- actual interceptions is 
a lot closer than the other teams. Like, for instance, San Diego State, you said, had 26 interceptions. But they also had 61 pass breakups. And Air Force had 15 interceptions like the Cowboys did. But they had 46 pass breakups. Wyoming had 15 interceptions and only 37. So I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that they could generate a few more pass breakups. And if they're able to do that, it wouldn't surprise me to see them maintain that kind of interception ratio because I think we know that they can make plays. They have guys with good hands back there, not only in the secondary, but with a guy like Logan Wilson who had like three picks last year as well. But they're going to have to start showing that because, like I said before, you know, there's quarterbacks in this division especially who could eat them up if they're not ready for it. Yeah, Nick Stevens, Brett Rippin, and maybe even yeah. Trent Myers. And one thing I noticed, too, like the mar- the turnover margin, like Aztecs, you know, was ridiculous at plus 14. Wyoming was just okay at plus three, but most of that is what we discussed on offense with Josh Allen with all those interceptions on him with, what, 15. So if the, even if the defense stays exactly the same at 15 interceptions, which is still very good, second in the league, if the offense has three or four fewer, they could be like plus one, plus two. Be, be, well, let me rephrase that. Be closer to San Diego State level than they are now, like maybe plus one. Yeah, eight. and if you go to a football study hall, you'll see that you know the expected turnover margin was closer to plus six than plus three. And, you know, as it was, even despite the turnovers and everything like that on offense, Wyoming finished really close to the top 20 in points per trip inside the 40. So if the defense can take that step forward and kind of maintain its advantage in generating turnovers, that could do the offense a huge favor if, like we talked about, Allen can cut down on the turnovers on his end. Very true. And one thing we need to mention we did at the, did not at the beginning, Wyoming has a new defensive coordinator because Steve Stannard, or yeah, Stannard's contract was essentially fired. Contract was not renewed. He's linebacker's coach and defensive coordinator. He was uh, with uh, Craig Bull's first three years at Wyoming and at North Dakota State as linebacker. The final two years are with the Bison. But they bring in... I don't know if this is good or not. Maybe we should have Brandon talk to him because it's a Jacksonville Jaguar oh, no. coach. <laughs> he's a frustrated. He's not a Blake. He's not a Blake Bortles fan, and feels Leonard Fournette's a fullback for their team this year that they drafted top ten. So I, I feel your pain because well, I can't because I like the Texans. They've been pretty good for the most part, but they bring in Scott Scotty, who goes by Scotty, who's over fifteen years old. Anybody you know? Uh, Scotty Montgomery, right? And uh, the head sure coach at East Carolina. True. Okay, well, two people. We got Scotty Hazelton here coming over from Jacksonville. Um, he's coaching linebackers as well. He was the assistant linebackers coach the past three years. He did coach a Wyoming head, or sorry, that's worded oddly. He coached with Craig Bull for five years at North Dakota State. So there's a reason. So he went from North Dakota State to Jacksonville. Interesting. He's also coached in the Pac-12 NFL. So it's a pretty good hire. He knows the history. They're familiar with each other. He's played. In, or coach, like said, NFL, Pac-12. It's defense wasn't terrible. Well, the aspects of defense that we mentioned were good were the turnovers that they achieved to get in the defensive touchdowns, but the yards and 
yards per play and the efficiency was not great. So it has to be better with all the returning talent. So he'll bring something. I think his biggest thing is familiarity with bull and his knowledge of coaching at higher levels. Yeah. And that's all I got. Anything else from the defense we need to mention? I think we, we summed, all, summed it all up possibly. No, nah, if we're going to move on to the schedule real quick, I do want to mention though, because we don't always talk about special teams just because there's not a lot to say about it. But one thing I think is real worth watching just as a, as a casual Wyoming observer on my end is how they're going to replace Ethan Wood, the punter, because he was a pretty, he was a pretty good punter. I think he was an asset for them in the last couple of years, but they have, you know, two unproven guys on the two deep, Tim Zaleski and Nick Spore, who have, they don't have any, you know, game day experience between the two of them. And having seen what that can look like to replace, you know, a veteran punter with a with a freshman uh, here in Fresno, mm. you know, if they lose that advantage on field position, that could be potentially significant. So that's something that I would watch kind of going into the fall personally. That is a good thing because with um, look at Boise State last year, they didn't have the best uh, special teams kicking unit just because they had poor field position throughout yeah. the year. All right, so let's uh let's take a quick timeout, and then we'll be back to schedule time. You ready? Let's do it. We'll do that here in just a second, folks. All right, Wyoming at Iowa week one. We'll go through these kind of fast like we did last week because the Boise show is about 90 minutes. I think we can keep these to an hour because we're just now at the 40-minute mark okay. or so. All right, so they're at Iowa. Who? Um, this isn't the Iowa team that went undefeated two years ago. They took a step back last year. I here's the thing about Iowa, and I love this game. It's a Saturday afternoon game. No TV at the moment yet, but um, North, Craig Bull's already um, beaten Iowa for when he was at North Dakota State. Correct? Uh, was that? Or was it, I thought that I was. Wanna, I'm, I'm shooting. I'm, I'm shrewd enough to hip to say that. Is that correct? I don't know. Maybe, Iowa seems like one of those teams that loses to an FCS team like every three years. So I, obviously, I honestly don't remember. They, they, okay. Here's what here's what it is. They lost to North Dakota State last year by three. Oh, years. okay. So they, there's still a Craig Bull connection there. And that'll be brought up as well a million times because of that. And last year, Iowa, they weren't amazing. They finished uh, – they did go to a bowl game where they uh, lost to Florida somehow. I still don't know how Florida scored 30 points in that game, but they did. <laughs> to win, th- to win thirty to three. Wow, yeah, they went to a bowl game, so they're that. They, this is a game. It's like a prove it game for even though Iowa. I don't. I'll look up their win loss projection, like from the uh, there's gambling sites and stuff. But it's a game regardless. If even if they go four and eight, it's a game. It's a game where Wyoming, if they want to be taken seriously and continue the Josh Hi- Allen hype train, they need to beat Iowa. And I, I think they could. I think it's a possibility. Iowa's a these are two similar teams. It's not going to be a a shootout, even though Wyoming last year could put up points. This year may not may not be as, as much, but I could see this being a victory for Wyoming if things go the right way. Yeah, and I mean, Iowa's going to be losing a, a huge chunk of its offensive production last year because, you know, C.J. Beathard wasn't great per se, but he's gone at the quarterback position. They're losing one of their 2,000-yard rushers from last year. They're losing, I think, you know, two or three, they're losing two of their top three receivers from last year. 
and you wouldn't exactly call the Hawkeyes offense explosive. So no, less than explosive, less than explosive. So I think that that all of those things kind of bode well for the offense to find its stride early. You know, and obviously going on the road is never going to be easy, especially in season openers like that. But yeah, I feel like if Josh Allen's going to prove it, he's going to have to prove it right away. But I feel good about his chances to do it in Iowa City. All right, do you know what Iowa's over-under is for win totals? Is it six? Close enough, six okay. and a half. And if you look at their schedule, so that kind of gives the clue of who they could or couldn't beat. Because when you look at – oh, I got the Wyoming schedule, sorry. They have teams like North Texas. That's probably a victory. Illinois could be a victory. Uh, Purdue, maybe Nebraska. At six and a half, I'm thinking they're predicting this to be a Wyoming victory. There's no line set up at this time. But it's Josh Allen just can't do what he did last year versus Nebraska because Nebraska wasn't anything great last year, but they're good enough to where the game, if the game gets away from them, he's going to want to beat a gun, gunslinger and throw five interceptions and a half or something because he's trying to do it all himself. And with Iowa losing to, like the offensive product, production you mentioned, I with the improvement I see on this Wyoming defense. This is probably going to be like a 17-16 to 16 slugfest in the mud. Maybe it'll rain that day to make it all fitting. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, Do you know what the win probability is for Wyoming in this game? I do not have that in front of me. I do. do you? Let me guess. Hold on. Let me guess. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I know they're Oregon. They're at one point underdog. They're a seven-point dog to Boise. I'm going to say it's a Iowa. It's a... So the Wyoming wind projections are forty-two percent. Uh, you are a little bit high. Bill C has it at twenty-seven percent. So about a one in four chance. Okay, I don't see Iowa winning by more than ten points. Is that what? That's what he has it at ten point eight. Yeah. Uh what are you going? Are you saying victory? What are you going with here? I'm saying victory. I'm looking for my spreadsheet from last week I put up. Maybe I'll make a new one really quick, but I need to find it. Um, shoot. I'll do, that in a minute. I'll do that later. I will say victory because I want Craig Bullion Pun to start early, and I want the hype train to help people listen to our podcast because they want to hear about our Wyoming hot takes. So Wyoming, 1-0. 2-0 after beating Gardner-Webb, right? So let's move on to week three. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, we don't need to discuss uh, that FCS uh, game at all. They're at the point where they shouldn't be losing or struggling to teams at that level. Uh, they then play – let me get the right schedule up here, not Iowa's. Um, the Oregon game, this will be very interesting. It's uh, Saturday afternoon on CBS Sports Network. Oregon, new head coach, Willie Taggart, coming from South Florida. Like I said before, Wyoming is a one-point dog at home. And – Oregon was awful last year. Not just bad, they were just terrible. See, here's the thing, though. They were awful on one side of the ball. Because if you look at what their offensive production did, they were second in the Pac-12 in total offense as far as yards per play. The only team that was better than them was Washington. But if you look at what they were doing on defense, it was not pretty. Like, they were... Shield your eyes, kid. Yeah, they ended up finishing 10th in and as far as uh, you know, total yards, they were you know eleventh. They would give up over six thousand yards of total offense. But you know, at the same, 
Them. Look okay. at Hold on, hold on. Cal, Oregon, Arizona State are terrible. 62-19, 62-21, 62-46 yards per game total yards. How do you give up 500 yards per game? But at the same time, you know, they do have their top two receivers coming back. They have their top three running backs coming back. They're all experienced guys. And, you know, Justin Herbert kind of took his lumps a little bit last year as a sophomore, but you can't really sleep on him because he did have, you know, a 64% completion rate and a touchdown interception ratio that was nearly five to one. You know, the question becomes, you know, Oregon's defense was awful last year and they have everybody coming back basically so how does that shake and, out and, and with a Wyoming offense that's going to have Josh Allen and a lot of mostly unproven guys around him I I, could, I think this is going to be a shootout it's going to be um, not quite UNLV Wyoming but I think there will be a ton of points in this game because like I said Herbert, he played in not, only nine games and had that nineteen to four ratio QB um, or TD to INTs. This is going to be a big test for the Wyoming defense. It's going to be up to Josh Allen to pick a part of def- uh, going to Oregon defense of him. Because this is what week three they'll play Iowa, so that helps out to play a above average team, and then probably get some timing down and um, split a split open Gardner mm-hmm. Webb. I could see. I I just think it'd be a lot of points. I, I it's fun to say a victory. They'll beat Oregon. I think this is a more realistic victory than Iowa, because for one, it's at home, and Iowa's Iowa I, Iowa was at least decent last year. Oregon, like you mentioned, their defense was a freaking mess. But this will come down to I think who maybe scores last because Oregon's offense will probably move the ball at a good clip like they always do against this team. Wyoming defense, even though it should be better, it'll still be tough to slow them down. But I think where the difference will be is Josh Allen needs to, at the offensive line back, just take his time and find who's open and move the ball on offense. I think that's where it'll be come down to because Oregon will get their points regardless. I think it'll be if Josh Allen can do the same and maybe keep pace because despite how, how much better we think this Wyoming defense can be, they're still pretty bad last year. So that's what I'm thinking. This could be like a 40, whoever gets the 41st will win this game. See, for me, the big question is going to be, will Wyoming get pushed around on the ground? Because Wyoming, or not Wyoming, Oregon last year was 15th in the country, averaging about five and a half yards per carry. And, you know, before you can get points, you have to get yards. And I feel like if they can exploit that for as experienced as this defensive line is going to be, they're going to know exactly what Oregon's going to give them. And, you know, I have questions, at least for right now, as to how well they're going to stand up against that. Because, you know, it's not only the fact that Oregon's pretty good at running the ball, but, you know, they're probably still going to have a similar kind of tempo that can wear defenses down as well. That that will be an issue, too. And I think another thing, with it, two things with this, Oregon, I'm assuming... I should have read up on more of them, but we'll get to them more when we get to the t- preview itself in season. But with this offense, Willie Taggart, like if you look what they did at uh, South Florida, Quinton Flowers, the QB, they're gonna have they're gonna want to move the ball quickly. Yes. And so a couple th- a couple things with that is the turnover and how quick you're getting back on the field. 
because this could help or hurt both teams in this because if or it's like if you San Diego State Houston bowl game, the Las Vegas Bowl, Aztecs defense did so many good things, the Houston offense kept getting tossed back out there and just got tired because oh we're back on the field again. Or the excuse me, the defense. We're back on the field again because there was an interception by Greg Ward Jr. or a fumble recovery or something or a three, th- two, three and outs where Houston ran three plays in literally 90 seconds. And the defense for Houston was on the field for two, for off the field for three minutes max. And the drive before Aztecs did a 15-yard drive where Donald Pumphrey just beat him up, him and Rashard Penny. And so with Oregon going, this, that's why the Wyoming offense has to have extended drives when these teams eventually play. Because say Oregon... There's a quick, um, I'm trying to think of the right way. I don't want to get backwards, but they move the ball so fast. Say it's a, even it's a five play drive or eight play drive, even, even if it's a quick drive, but it's one mean offense can't take advantage. The pace of what Oregon does. And like you said, the pounding they'll put into it for how well they run the ball. They'll just wear them out. So Josh Allen and the offense can't have quick drives to hurt this defense. Cause there'll be so many, there'll be a lot more plays than one means used to doing yeah. in this game. And so, so Allen needs to not necessarily slow it down, but have a drive that's at least ten, eight plays or five, eight minutes of real time before the timeout and punt and all that stuff. Give the defense some time to recover if they're getting beat up that bad. That'll be a big concern and something to watch out for. In I this agree. Game. So what what are you saying? Win or loss? I have this one as a loss. Oh, what should I say? What should I say? Because I got them two and zero. Um. I think so too. I just think the offense, the defense isn't there yet, and this will be like there's no the only defense that compare offense that compares to that compares to this would maybe I want to kind of say New Mexico just because the pace mm-hmm. they play, but it's like the pace of New Mexico, but what Boise State can do throwing yeah. the ball a bit better, and that's a pretty deadly combination. All right, so um, I'm going lost too. Sorry, all right, I had my W typed in, so two and one. Good start. So next next game here we have um, not Oregon schedule. Let's move that away from here. Too many tabs, folks. Hawaii. This game is um, going to be on the ESPN Network. Is uh, I guess sort of announced uh, the last week in May here. This is for the uh, Hawaiian Cowboy Trophy, who I always forget. So what's it is the called? The Peniolo Trophy. I always forget the Peniolo Trophy, which is about I think it's a fifty or sixty year old trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Something long time. And it's out in a War Memorial Stadium. And this will be... I, 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 I like this game because it's Drew Brown. You have um, Dicey Juiced, or Juiced back there running the ball for uh, Hawaii. The best, um, the most fun coach on Twitter, Nick Rolovich. So that's always exciting for what he's going to say about the Cowboys. Uh, we'll get to Hawaii later down the road, but I just think with this one, it's going to be kind of like the Oregon game a little bit. Because I think Hawaii's offense is better than their defense. I agree. And they're going to want to move the ball and score some yeah. points. Which is stupid to say, yeah, score some points. But Drew Brown, who's finally the guy after half last year, them taking, what they take, three to five games to find a new starter to put in Drew Brown. They do lose Marcus Kemp. That's a big loss for them on the receiving end, end, of, the, end of things. But I think it'll be similar to the Oregon game, but a more evenly matched because the Talent will be a little bit less. Sorry, that's the case between a Pac-12 team and Hawaii or, or Wyoming. I think it'll be kind of the same scenario or same um, decent amount of points, similar style in this game, but Wyoming will have seen it the week before. And it's just a pain. To get to Laramie from anywhere is a pain, but to get to uh, Honolulu to Laramie 
I don't I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, and I mean at the same time, you know, if Josh Allen is looking for a chance to really shine, I've mentioned in the past how, you know, past defense production in particular can be a harbinger of success in the in the in the following year. And Hawaii's gonna be replacing one of their safeties in both their starting cornerbacks from a year ago. So if they don't have that solved by that point, you know, Josh Allen could be looking his chops by the time the Warriors come to town. I say victory for Wyoming because they're at home. Same. All right, so we're sitting. Man, we agree too much. What's up with this? Texas State. Um, it's another home game. They're they're home heavy the first half of the year. This is going to be their fourth straight home game. Is Texas? Should we just pencil in Texas State a victory or anything we need to? Yeah, because Texas State was garbage last year. It was kind of a year zero situation <laughs> down there in San Marcos. But there's really not much reason to think that the Bobcats will be much better. Like, this is a game that Wyoming should win pretty handily. And if I'm correct, they're in the they belt, right? Okay, so make, make it sure. It's not, okay. Yeah, I think it's UTSA. So that's a victory. Then they then they get a much-needed bye week. Then they start their uh, – start, their schedule's nice. Like they, Well, like I said, they play four of their first five at home. And then they have an off week. Then they go to Logan and Boise, but then there are a couple home games in between. That's a pretty good setup. But this next slate of games in league play is pretty tough. They go to Utah State. They go to Boise State, host New Mexico, then host CSU. The Utah State game, it's they'll have a new offense. And then this is going to be another similar thing to Hawaii and Oregon where David Yost is going to want to run 80 to 100 plays for Utah State. And Aggies were unlucky last year. Overall, with those multiple games by losing by about eight points or less, I think with the Aggies, it's going to come down to like if Tony Lindsay is the guy at running back, and if he if they can make waves and Kent Myers, we know Kent Myers is good, but is he going to just force the ball to Tarver every time because he's the only leader receiver back? And the Aggies defense, it's not what it has been the past couple of years, so that's. They were kind of an average defense, no longer a great defense. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is going to depend on how they replace the guys up front, which we'll talk about more at length when we get to that preview. But again, you know, they're losing, you know, guys like Travis Seafelt and Ricky Alifua uh, along the defensive line, and they're losing, you know, three of their top five tacklers at the linebacker position as well. So while they do have some talent coming back at both of those positions, or both of those units rather, I feel like it's probably more of a bridge year, at least as far as I see it right now. Yeah, and then also, speaking of the other side of the line, the offensive line loses three 36 starts in All-American, or excuse me, honorable mention, All-Mountain West. So that doesn't help either. Their best player, if he's going to make any noise, is down Lovett, their DB. Then he's one of the few back from this defense and I think Wyoming should be able to take care of business against Utah State because I think you're right they still it's gonna be a tough year for Matt Wells if he's gonna keep his job after this but mid-season we should know who they are and who their starters are but like I said yeah lose four guys off the defensive line four starters off the offensive line three of them who were pretty highly regarded within the conference and they lost to Rashad Lewis so I'm gonna go victory just because the talent deficiency of who they lost and who's returning on this team same i guess are we boring same i don't know i think things might get a little more interesting 
at Boise State next week. We do have a line on this game. I believe it's a – is it a seven-point line, I want to say? I am not sure off the top of my head. It is uh, – shoot. Yeah, Boise State is a seven-point favorite. And last year, remember, the greatest gift of all time, the safety dance after the victory. So I want a repeat of that. Come on, folks. Give me a repeat. So what are you thinking? This will be tough because this will be the best two quarterbacks in the conference. Because both these teams kind of parallel each other. Both of them lost their best receiver last year, Spurback and um, Gentry. They both lost their running backs in McNichols and Hill. Uh, More defensive losses for Boise State compared to Wyoming, but the amount of starters back, I believe, are pretty comparable. And Wyoming's only given a 20% chance to win this game. They're technically underdogs by Bill C. by 15-point margin of victory. Vegas has seven points. It's weird because I said before Wyoming may not make a bowl game. I'm sitting them sitting with them now four and one at this point. <laughs> it's I think it's going to come down to the defense. I think for Wyoming because Boise will they have a better track record of the running backs coming back. So we mentioned them last week, and I picked Boise to win last week. So I'm going to go with them again to win this game. But I would just have to say. If Wyoming's going to get victory, obviously Josh Allen can't force it. Same old, same old turnovers, protect the ball. But I think it's going to be the defense to stop their running game and don't let Rippon tear them apart in the passing game. And they may or may not do that. Well, let's not forget that there are still Boise State fans out there screaming that Wyoming should not have won that game last year. And, you know, at least from my vantage point, you know, see more like Boise State lost that game than Wyoming won it. And, you know, going to the Blue Turp is never easy. And so I think that it's probably going to end up being another close game. It wouldn't surprise me if it were within a field goal again, like it was last year. But like you, I'm going to say the same thing I said when we talked about Boise State. I feel like the Broncos are maybe a little bit underrated coming into the season and I like their chances to hold serve at home yeah I, I agree with you too Tim. we're all we're the same and everything I I just I just think it yeah I Boise here's my reasoning Boise's done it more often than Wyoming has so Wyoming still to me prove it. that's why I'm not overly sold on the running game being fine or the passing game with the new receivers coming in Boise's been there, done that, and they have guys coming back. They like their production loss is almost the same as Wyoming, as I mentioned, but they've seemed to do it year after year. Next guy up, have another guy drafted in the NFL in two years mm-hmm. of running back. So, but I still think it'll be within a touchdown game with uh, Boise winning. All right. All right. So let's move on really quick. Um, New Mexico. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say Wyoming victory, but Wyoming's defense got, has to stifle whoever's running the ball for New Mexico. Let's not forget that the Lobos killed the Cowboys last year on the ground. There's that. They, yeah. they I mean, they led the country in, in yards per carry, but they doubled that against the Cowboys. They averaged like 12 and a half yards per carry or something absurd like that. Now, granted, I'm not saying that's going to happen again, 
but those are the same kinds of questions that I, you know, what we just talked about Oregon, that matchup with the Ducks being able to run the ball on the ground. To me, that's kind of the, the big question for this team is, you know, can they stop the run? And if they can't, is the offense going to be good enough to keep up? This is one where I feel like it's going to be a little more of a track meet because I have, you know, equal questions about New Mexico's defense going into 2017. But I honestly, I have this one chalked as a loss for the Cowboys again. At, even at home this time around? Yeah. Because last year, they you mentioned that 12 yards per carry average. Also had seven touchdowns on the ground, which it shouldn't shock anybody. But remember, New Mexico's defense was not very good last year, and they lose a lot of talent. Well, it's okay to say not talent, but they lost players. They did lose not key pieces. Let's not, let's not... Not, I'm kidding. Dakota Cox is pretty good. <laughs> now they they you proved me wrong last year. And I'm like, oh, they're terrible. They were decent last year, but they lost. I think a lot of starters they lost from last year's team. It. I I'm gonna say Wyoming's gonna win just because. I know New Mexico will plug in whoever's gonna run the ball for the next year. I. I still not a huge fan of their defense overall, despite what they've done or not done defensively. Because they give, remember, New Mexico also gives up a lot of points, too. Yeah. And I being at home for me is a pretty big deal for why I'm going to pick Wyoming to victory. But when you look at really quick, like I know we'll get to New Mexico later, they lose a little bit of talent. They have more guys back than I thought, so that will help. Like they're big guys again. Donnie White, uh, Dakota Cox are gone. Here's where there's an issue they lose um, they're all their four starting defensive back guys. What's backfield? I'm, what's defensive back, guys? What am I saying here? They lose their four defensive backs, mm. starters from last year. They do have a lot of guys who played, but I think I think Josh Allen will throw the ball at will in this game. Because if you remember, Boise versus, versus uh, New Mexico, Brent Ripon last year had, what, three or four, what, 400 yards, like super efficient. I think it's going to be Wyoming through the air, and they're going to beat, beat the Lobos at home this year. Okay, then. We finally disagree. About time. Jeez. Okay. So what about the next one? We need to figure. Oh man, I have to say a loss because I already picked the Rams to win the conference. Essentially, I'm kind of sad this game versus CSU is not the last game of the year, and not to say sorry CBS Sports Network, but it's kind of stuck on CBS Sports Network. This is pro- this is one of the better games of the year, but the Rams like I'm super high in the Rams with you'll hear me say it a million times with their running game, McStevens, Izzy Matthews, um, their defense outside losing Kyle Davis should be very good. And if they if they keep it up, this will be a game where another great quarterback battle as well, Stevens versus uh, Allen. I think Allen, or I think, excuse me, Stevens will best Allen in this game. Because if you think about it, like, I'm just thinking this now, maybe I'm way off base, but could Stevens maybe be a better pro than Josh Allen down the road? Gasp. <laughs> That that sound you just heard was like hundreds of Wyoming fans slamming the off button on their on their radios. Why do you hate our team? Why do you hate Josh Allen? I'm just okay. Hear me out though. I'm just saying maybe there's reasons to say that and not say that. Reason one against it. No, September second, two thousand sixteen. Nick Stevens was six of twenty. 
31 yards, 1.8 yards per attempt, two interceptions versus Colorado. Okay. Reasons to go against that. So he came in cold off the bench to beat Utah State with the game-winning drive. Um, I know I'm going to pick cherry-pick a few stats, but from UNLV on, 75% completion percentage. 79 versus Fresno. 75 versus Air Force, who had a great secondary. 90%, okay, 9 of 10, but still 90% versus New Mexico. 66% against a good Aztec defense with four touchdowns and a win. A blowout victory. And then, yes, the bowl game versus Idaho was weird. Still had five touchdowns. I'm just saying, numbers-wise, not necessarily, maybe the NFL thing was not the best comparison, but numbers-wise, with who they have coming back, I think statistically he might be better than Josh Allen next year. Maybe not better quarterback, but numbers-wise, for what he did last year and who, what is returning, particularly in the running game where it could help open up everything overall, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's a good point. A couple things I would point out is, uh, at least as far as, like, differences between last year's matchup and this year's matchup is, you know, the big one, obviously, is that Wyoming's not facing Colin Hill this time around. There's that, yes. Who, you know, and Colin Hill was, you know, okay, but he was a freshman and, you know, he had hits and misses and the wheels really fell off after halftime in that game for the Rams. But more importantly, I think, we'll, like I said, we'll talk about this more when we get to the Rams in depth. But their running game last year against the Cowboys, it was the worst game they had all season long. And, you know, like you talked about with Nick Stevens, that game really happened before Stevens or the offense as a whole really found their stride. And, you know, if the defense doesn't take, if this Wyoming defense rather doesn't take the step forward that, you know, if they reach their fullest potential sooner rather than later... This game could be really competitive. But like you, I think the Colorado State offense is likely to be really good and really push this defense around. And at this point in the year, this is what, a mid-October game, Mm -hmm. I believe, right before Halloween? Yeah. Or no, November game, excuse me. They are, like, the running game is going to be stacked. Because remember, they have Dalen Dawkins back, Izzy Matthews, and Marvin Kinsey Jr., who tore his ACL. Was it during the bull practice or something? Yeah, I, I believe it was. He would probably be back by that point too. He could. We'll see, and then yeah, we'll see how much he plays or not. But that the Rams are going to have the best running attack in the conference next year. Well, the, can't count out New Mexico, but I mean, the amount of percentage they run to pass a little bit. I think this will be one of the better rushing offenses. But that's that's why I think Wyoming's going to struggle too much because unless their defense really steps up and makes some big plays. It's going to be, again, it's late later in the year. We'll go through all these closer, the fine-tooth comb week of, but I think the Rams' offense is too much. And I, this could harken back to the Oregon game a little bit, but the Rams aren't going to run 100 plays. They may be fine running 70 or 60 plays, but be as efficient and as many yards as Oregon does in 80 or 90 or 100 plays. And so that's why I'm going with the Rams to get this victory and get the bronze boot back. All right. All right. So then we got Air Force. Um, you know what I noticed about Air Force? Um, part of the, the odds makers, um, I'm, we're going to Vegas, or I'm going to go to Vegas uh, sometime this summer. Um, I'm going to put all the money on Air Force for certain games because they are, if, not to go off the Falcons, but did you know at this point there's a line where they're a 15-point underdog to a Navy? I did not know that. 
and a three-point underdog to uh, Army. Interesting. So that's something to keep in mind. But this is sort of a rival in this game, and Falcons are typically fine no matter what. Their big concerns going into your game, at this point we're not going to go too much as we have the past games, but the big concerns for the Falcons are losing 9 of 11 starters, Weston Stillhammer, other guys, offense, obviously Jalen Robinette's gone from this team and a few other players, but I'm, I am I, I think this one is going to get, get, excuse me, let me slow down here, get the vic, ugh, hiccups now, great, lovely. This is not being edited for me, hiccuping and trying to talk um, probably faster than I should at this moment, but... It's going to be Wyoming victory just because um, the defense is, is not going to be there at all this year for the Falcons. And that's probably the simple thing I'll say in this game. And see, I feel, so I guess we're going to disagree then because I feel like Air Force, Ooh. especially with Wortman at the helm, because again, they're not dealing with Nate Romine who threw three interceptions in this game last year. They're dealing with Wortman who after he took over as quarterback, they found another level on offense so you know even though the defense is probably going to have you know some hiccups throughout the season as far as you know stopping offenses and letting them score a lot of points you know this offense is probably going to be really good and you know if Worthman is as careful with the football as he was last year they could be really dangerous and so I kind of see this one as a high scoring game but honestly, I have kind of a good feeling about Air Force in this one, so I would chalk this up as another loss for the Cowboys. Ooh, so what's your loss total at the moment? Uh, well, this would make four in a row and five overall. Wait, you have four losses in a row here for Wyoming? Yeah. You have them losing to Boise, New Mexico, CSU, and Air Force? Yep. Wait, is my, maybe I don't have my sheet here correct, because I have them winning versus Air Force, winning against us. Oh, no, I have it backwards. Let me change that. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm one step ahead here. I'm like, wait a minute. So, okay, I have every other. I have them losing to CSU and uh, Boise. Okay, so two and two and two the final two games. All right, let's wrap this up here. We're hitting almost 90 minutes again. Hopefully that's not always the case. So two games left. Um, your Fresno State Bulldogs, is that just a uh, victory for Wyoming? That's a win. Or, yeah. We'll get to Fresno later. That's late in the year, so maybe Jeff Tedford found some magic with Chase and Virgil or something to put up some points. The receivers will be a challenge. We'll just say that for any team that faces Fresno State. Okay. And then at San Jose State, final year, final game of the year, Spartans always have a good secondary. New head coach there, Brent Brennan. Um, our favorite MC Hammer coach, uh, Alonzo Carter, who went to the Grammys and uh, fell on a speaker at the Oprah Winfrey show he told me a while back. So if you listen to that interview, it's a pretty good one. But... As for the football play, no, sorry, Spartans, I apologize. No, not going to happen. Yeah, I Sack, unless they have some sort of a iron curtain installed across the uh, offensive line, or they do the uh, – did you ever um, – there's these old commercials. Uh, they're dumb. I guess it's kayak.com. It's a travel yes. site. There's commercials where they go, I'm doing five things at once, or I'm checking eight travel sites at once, and the guy has uh, four or five people – tied his hands together mm-hmm. so he can type on, on five computers maybe if they do that to the San Jose State offensive line that could stop some of the rushes coming through to avoid the sacks but or protect the quarterback I should say and avoid sacks but since that's technically illegal Wyoming's going to get to the quarterback a million times and win by two touchdowns at least 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that I think they have some interesting skill position players, which we'll we'll get to that at some point. And they do have an experienced offensive line, even if it's not very good. They do have four seniors coming back on this year's offensive line in San Jose. But yeah, they're kind of the mystery team to me at this point. Like, we kind of know what their strengths are going to be. But I think that Wyoming should be able to handle the Spartans pretty easily. They probably should as well. There's no reason, I don't think, that San Jose State should keep up. They're still, again, new coach. Uh, new, a lot of new players come into the program. It's year one of Brent Brennan, so they're going to struggle with a couple games. So if that's a victory, we are sitting at um, – how many wins do you have? You have them four losses? I have them at seven and, and five overall and four and four in the conference. How, how do I have them at nine and three? <laughs> I, should, you know what? I, I should probably preface this or all of this by saying, like, it would not surprise me if Wyoming got to double-digit wins this year. What? The Mountain Division is just really hard to predict. Because you remember me, like I mentioned earlier in this show and months ago, I kind of joked, like, oh, maybe Wyoming won't go to a bowl game because they go on the road to uh, maybe a tricky Utah State. New Mexico is always tough. They beat them last year at Air Force. But I'm picking, like, victories in Air Force, victories in New Mexico, picking an Iowa victory, which uh, interesting. Maybe it might be too hard on the on Wyoming just because of what they're losing, their key players. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm trying to ask <laughs> another opinion here. I'm sitting at 9-3, and three, so I'm probably, that's probably a no. So, you, so my, my thing would be two conference losses. So if I have two conference losses, they're in the driver – well – potential to win the conference because weren't they uh six and two was it six and two that tied the conference or was it five and three last year for the mountain division i believe it was five and three yeah because they lost to uh new mexico they lost to uh san no they beat san diego state they lost to unlv they lost they lost to new mexico oh unlv yeah new mexico six nope it was six and two yeah six and two it was air force who was five and three but uh at six and two, they're in contention to win the title. I'm, I'm fine. I'll say it. They're going to go nine and three, and Josh Allen will keep the hype going toward uh, being a good NFL quarterback. But statistically, he might be the third best quarterback in the league. I said it. There you go. Jeremy said that, not me. Yeah, send your tweets to me, who also doesn't know what teams, what division yet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total. I'm like, screw it. I'm leaving it there. So we bring that all back around. So nine and three. So what's your official prediction? Eight. My four? official prediction is seven and five. Wait, seven and five. Yeah, I had them losing to Oregon as well. Man, I like Wyoming, but hate Josh Allen. Apparently, that's what people get from. This, Don't right? worry, I have my spreadsheet, and as soon as we get through all the previews, I'm going to share that with our audience, and that way, in January, you can all scream at me about how wrong I was. You're not keeping track of mine, are no. you? I need to find my Boise State sheet because I can't find that at the moment. <laughs> but we can all figure it out. I was looking before. I'm like, oh, I need to have that up. I have my Wyoming one here. I'll fix it in a moment so it's more clear. But that's a good thing to uh, see how wrong we are. Or maybe right. Maybe we can brag a little bit. But any parting shots we need to discuss about the Cowboys? I think we're pretty much all set. All right. So that's our show this evening. Again, check us out. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you want to find our podcast feed. 
it will be there. And, um, yeah, Wyoming Cowboys. Next week we will do another poll to decide. Maybe I'll get the, twi- the tweet right for the correct uh, division or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll mess it up on purpose just to screw with you. Right? Or we can actually just do a West Division team since we've done two Mountain Division teams in a row. All right, we'll we'll make it official. Make and I, and I do know. Should I rattle off the West Division teams now to prove I know it? Yes. Eyes are closed. Well, I'm not looking at anything, but uh, Hawaii, San Jose State, Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, and Nevada. Is that correct? Good job. Nailed it. Yes. All right. That's our show for tonight, folks. We will see you next time. And as always, yes, we're biased against your team. <laughs>